0: Carson Wentz, Carter Hart, and Joel Embiid, 97.3 ESPN, WENJ, WENJ WENJHD, Millville, Atlantic City.
1: This is the
2: Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, hour two of the Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. Check out the poll question at 97.3 ESPN. Vote. Get involved. Now, this vote is uh, going one way. Actually, it's going two ways. All right? With all that's going on, people complaining about Roseman. The Phillies aren't doing anything. Their front office seems to be a mess. Everybody seems to be liking the Sixers right now. Daryl Morey. We examine which front office do you trust the most to get it right? Roseman and the Eagles, Maury in the Sixers, McPhail and the Phillies, Fletcher and the Flyers. Right now Maury's running away. Seventy-three
1: percent. Chuck Fletcher's number two. How about that? Although not really surprising. I'm just look, Sixers are so in sight right now. It's so fresh. It's so new. Just to see the Flyers get a little bit of love right now, I'd like to respect.
2: Well, we were just talking off the air about Fletcher because Durso chimed in on that poll question, and he said that you got to uh, consider him. Here's the problem. Fletcher's done this before. He's got you to a level, and then he fell over the cliff because he got Minnesota in some cap hell. Maybe he learned from that mistake, though. You're hoping, but I like what Fletcher's done. So do you trust him the most? His track record says, "Ah, I don't know if I can yet. I don't know if I trust him the most, but he definitely deserves respect. I know who I trust when it comes to making picks. It's the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, Barstool Sports. His new podcast, Big Man on Basketball. It debuted in the top ten on Apple Pods. Get that thing shooting up higher. I listened to it this morning. Big Man on Basketball. And he's here with a look at the early lines for Thanksgiving week, Jeff. Welcome back, man. How are you? Hey, Mike, thank you for the kind words. Appreciate it. Good. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, man. Well, We got a chance to uh, listen to the debut episode of uh, Big Man on Basketball, college basketball. We hope gets off uh, the ground. We already got some cancellations, but, hey, we're ready to go. The podcast was great. A lot of great information. Uh, if you're a college basketball fan out there, you need to subscribe to Big Man on Basketball and just uh, let them go, man. You're digging deep into Dixie. What was that new – Dixie University or something?
0: Yeah, you got four <laughs> new schools: Dixie State, Tarleton State, uh, UC San Diego, and then uh, Bellarmine, which is up in uh, where's Bellarmine? I think Louisville. It's in, uh, I don't know. Louisville. Yeah, there you go.
2: Yeah, you know, I was listening. Yes. You thought it sounded like it should have been
0: in Washington State, which I, when you said that, I was like, you know yeah, what? You're right. I think, I was blown away. Dixie State's actually in Utah. I was sure it was like Mississippi or Alabama or something. Yeah.
2: See, I pay attention, BMOC. I, I pay attention. I consume. Do. Uh So listen to the podcast, Big Man on Basketball, and don't forget the uh, Barstool Sports uh, app. Uh, we're going to look into a couple of games to get you ready, a couple early lines that Jeff likes uh, on this Thanksgiving week while your family's around. Uh, To come, you know, kind of nag at you, you got to have some some information. We got it for you here. So let's kick in a couple of games here, Jeff. And first, uh, I know that you are typically a fan of uh, the AAC games. I want to start with that Temple, because when I saw the line last night, I immediately thought of you and how bad Temple was the other day. I think they're getting 36 points against Cincinnati. It's up to 36 and a half. And I'm thinking, is Temple really that bad that you're getting 36 and a half at home?
0: Yeah, I, I think you can make the case, Mike, with the, the roster we saw on Saturday. I think you can make the case they're the a bottom three team in the league, the country as far as good or bad. They were horrific. I, I I was actually embarrassed that they put that team on the field. Um, but, again, this is kind of where they are. Um, they just have gotten destroyed by coronavirus uh, as far as just the worst players out. Um, I will say this, though. This is going to be very important to whether you can find good info. And here here's why, like, I would just kind of – I wanted to talk about this. Rod Carey, who – Kind of screwed people a couple of weeks ago when he talked all week about he was healthy, and then all of a sudden Russo has coronavirus. You really have to figure out what the status of Russo is. But then again, I mean, when you look at this team, I, I just want to kind of point this out: Brandon Max out after thumb surgery, he would be their sixth um, quarterback. Jaden Blue's out, their best receiver. Tavon Ruley's out, their best running back. Ramon Davis already transferred. And Randall Jones and, and Trad Beatty, who are a quarterback and receiver, they're out. So basically, if Ruta doesn't play, it would be Kamal Gray, who played Saturday. He's a fifth-string walk-on quarterback, and we saw what that was. I was surprised he got a field goal. Plus, going forward, Gray will be without his three best receivers, both running backs, Uh, And a host of others on a defense that's giving up 40 points a game. I got to be honest with you, I think 36 might have some value. It's really going to be a question of, you know, is this just 45 nothing? That's kind of where I think it is. And I think Cincinnati. Mike, if you know anything about them, they have every reason to run the score up in this game. So I got to be honest, I think this is a pretty good spot. That's
2: a four o'clock Saturday game. And you're right, Cincinnati's in the top 10. They're trying to impress the pollsters. You got the uh, new poll coming out tonight for the uh, playoffs. So this Saturday, they're not going to be in that top four. So they need to keep running it up. And uh, it opened at 35. And it looks like the betters are agreeing. It's up to 36 and a half, Temple. Uh, on the the small side of that, let's go to another game in that conference. ECU is a team you know pretty well. SMU is on the slate for them this week. It opened at ten and a half. It's twelve and a half, eleven and a half, depending on where you are. uh But ECU came in here and rolled Temple.
0: Yeah, again, I, I think it's you know, and that that's good work by Mike Houston and that team. They should have. uh They took care of business, but you know, this is a difficult football game going forward. Look at ECU. Um, You're know, still kind of struggling to score points. Um, I know they put up 28, but you know, all due respect, they probably should have put up 40 on that that defense. Uh, and with the inability of Temple's offense, um, this is going to be a game where you know I really have had trouble figuring ECU out sometimes because. When they should throw the football, they want to try to, like, establish the run. Uh, they need to attack SMU vertically. SMU's the defense, particularly at the back, is not good. Uh, they gave up a lot of points at Tulane. They give up 37 to Naval Academy. Um, you know, they're, they're a group. They give up 35 to North Texas. Uh, even the Temple-SMU game got to 70. So, for me, I'm still going to look over the number because ECU, I don't think, is very good defensively either. I think this quickly – kind of turns into a shootout if you look at smu they love to throw the football they have a good quarterback they've got plenty of weapons and they go very quick tempo wise so um when i'm looking at this game i'm more or less looking at a total i will say i mean laying smu like a double digits with them you really have to hope that it becomes you know Fifty-one thirty-five or something, where they just kind of run away, and East Carolina can't really match them, and they just kind of blitz them because uh, SNU is not a good defense. So I would just kind of throw away and not bet the line here. Just kind of focus on the total.
2: All right, we got uh, before we get to the NFL uh, Thanksgiving slate, we got a couple college Thursdays and Fridays. Is there anything uh, on Thursday, Friday in the college football world that uh, interests you? Be uh, it's interesting because. I see Nebraska. That's a terrible football team. Um, you know, I look at some bad. Liberties, a team that I know that you've been on all season. They were a winner. Uh, you, you, you picked, uh, you, you know, we talked about them on the Saturday uh, conversation. They're uh, a huge favorite on Friday. Uh, but is there any value on Thursday or Friday that you like?
1: Uh,
0: You know, dates, once I get to basketball, dates kind of just, We're all run together. I guess UCF would be on on Friday. UCF, South Florida. There you go. Yeah, UCF's interesting against South Florida. You know, Mike, when you look at UCF, um, they've kind of had a tough run of it lately. Um, You know, they've kind of had some... Tough games mixed in. They haven't been able to really flex their muscles. I feel like, and I don't know if they have the ability, Mike, to flex their muscles defensively. If you follow this team, uh, they had some real issues about three weeks ago. There was an off-campus uh, fight where a few defensive players were actually kicked off the team. It wasn't even a COVID problem. Uh, but the truth of the matter with them is they're just not very good defensively. And we saw that against Cincinnati. We saw that against. Um, you know, we've seen that against a lot of teams this year. Uh, And one thing that's great about UCF is they run a play. uh, They've run about 95 plays a game and pass more than anyone in the country. So, you know, overs are always kind of live. I guess the question is, is this a game where they just really kind of destroy a bad team? South Florida uh, hasn't played in about 10 days. And in that game, they were absolutely destroyed by the Houston Cougars. Gave up uh, 56 points in that game. Uh, I would kind of squarely be looking at a uh, UCF team total. I'm willing to think you're probably going to get this number, total 67, spreads 24. I'm thinking you're probably going to get around 45, 48. Th- this screams UCF take it to frustration out after a tough loss last week. Uh, Central or sorry, South Florida, the last game of the year for them. Um, they're a bad football team with very little talent.
2: All right, uh, Jeff Nadeau, big man on campus, Barstool Sports. You can check out his new pod, Big Man on Basketball. Tomorrow morning it drops at 11 a.m. You'll get a new one uh, for the college basketball uh, tip-off, which is tomorrow. We'll get a couple thoughts on college basketball in a sec, but NFL, three games on the card on Thursday. They're kind of stinkers except for the night game, which we don't even know if it's going to happen, but I I guess they're going to try to get that one in. Uh, Early, mid-afternoon, or night game, anything – uh, that you like out of those three on Thanksgiving?
0: Uh, well, I mean, the first game's rough just because, I mean, who's playing for the lions. I think we kind of have to figure that out. Um, you know, with the Texans, they're just, they're just a bad team. I don't know really how to say that. I don't really see much there. It's a shame Deshaun Watson really hasn't gotten any sort of coaching at this level. Hopefully he gets things figured out down there. It's a shame. They got rid of his best player. Um, as far as Washington Cowboys, I actually think the, I actually liked the Cowboys last week. I took their team total over twenty, ended up working out well for me. Um, obviously, Washington a little bit better defense than what Minnesota throws at you. I think the Cowboys are starting to find that. I think we're starting to see that defensively they're not. They haven't been as horrific. You know, Andy Dalton can move the ball, um, but I'm not laying three with them. Uh, you got to be nuts. And as far <laughs> as Ravens Steelers. I'm going to be looking squarely at the Baltimore Ravens here. The Steelers just continue to kind of mosey along. Things keep going their way. Uh, you know, the Ravens are a team that obviously is all lost. They didn't play real well late in that game against Tennessee. Steelers haven't really played a competent opponent, Mike, since that game on November first against the Ravens, a game they won by four and were down at halftime. I will squarely be looking at the Baltimore Ravens in this game. Plus. Uh, wait, what's the line here? Uh, plus four. Four, yep.
2: All right. Uh, big man on campus, uh, you will be doing the emergency Thanksgiving Eve. Big man on BB. Follow that on Twitter, big man on BB. If you're a college basketball fan, that's the pod you need to listen to to get all the information. So what are some of the things that you guys are going to be hitting on dropping tomorrow?
0: Yeah, you know we've got so many things, Mike. Um, there's going to be really just game previews, you know, giving picks out, you know, telling you where I would go with games, and you know, there's such a plethora and a potpourri, Mike, of games. I mean, you have big time games like UCLA, uh, San Diego State. You have. You know, you know your game where you have a, a high-level top ten team like Virginia against a, a non-conference minnow in, in Maine. You know, Mike, that's a fascinating game. I know no one in America will probably square in on that game to talk about publicly, but you know, this is a game that's going to be played up at the Bubbleville. Bubbleville is at a, a Mohegan Sun Casino. It's kind of a quasi tournament, but it's kind of a, a safe place for for teams to go and play. Mike, these teams played last year, and. and do you happen to know what happened in the game? I'm going to guess you did. No, I don't. don't. No, I. Okay. Virginia I, my, won. My main 40,
2: memory is shot right now.
0: Okay. Well, here you go. I'm going <laughs> to tell you what happened. Virginia won the game, 46-26. It's an actual scoreline. Uh, Maine had just the 26 points. They had just 17 two-point shot attempts. Um, so obviously they really struggled in the basketball game. We know what Virginia is defensively, but we could talk glowingly for hours. At least I could about their defense. We don't have that amount of time. I want to tell you about what Maine has coming back, though, and it's not much. They lost their point guard, Sergio L. darwich They lost their best player, Andrew Fleming. And a week ago, their best big Uh, Projovic actually went back to his native Serbia to take on a professional career. So um, this is a group that without those players this year, they would have scored 14 points if you take away their production from last year's game. Um, One thing about Maine that you want to understand, Richard Barron's team plays very slow tempo, just like Virginia. Mike, it wouldn't surprise me if this game is played under 80, uh, be real. I I think this is probably – 52 32 something like that yeah i think this is a really ugly basketball game virginia it's really going to be about the over being screwed if unless virginia scores 90 points but the pace is not going to be there for that this is a low scoring game now would surprise me if they get past eight
2: one of the things jeff you know that makes me really enjoy your breakdown of college basketball you and i both use a number Uh, I believe anyway, that I look at when I'm trying to bet a college game, and that is free throw percentage. I think that's such a big betting number, and I think that's something that early in these years you got to try to circle in on something, look at the free. You might disagree with me. I think that's something that you kind of look at too, though, is free throw percentage, and that's why some of these mains, you know, lesser-known schools, they can cover because they make their free throws.
0: Yeah, it's funny, too, Mike. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. For anyone that's just maybe kind of a, a starter sports better with college basketball, you, you just don't really know where to start. Um, that's something that I would recommend. I did a study, Mike, recently about free throw shooting at college basketball where I kind of just looked at teams that were particularly proficient last season at free throws. So take Hofstra, for instance, they were eighth in the country, the pride in free throw percentage. Um, They were the number one team in the country against the spread last year. You look at a team like St. Peter's out of St. New Jersey. Uh, They were 11 and one as an underdog last year. Um, They're a very good free throw shooting team. They get to the line. You look at on the other side though, teams that are not from the free throw line, i.e., Washington University, uh, teams like that. Uh, UW was one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the country last year. And uh, they shot under 70% and they were one of the worst teams against the spread. So it's no secret that when you find good against the spread teams, you kind of coordinate more times or less, they're going to be very good from the line. When you're a favorite, it's a way you cover numbers. If it's a five or six point game and you're late seven and a half, you need to make free throws. And if you're an underdog, The way to stay in a game against a better opponent is to get to the line and make free throws. It's very simple. And St. Peter's almost exclusively does that. They had one of the worst offenses in the country last year, but they were good against the spread because they got to the free throw line and they rebounded their misses for easy buckets. It's very simple. Free throw percentage, if you just single, single that out and bet good teams that are good from the line, you'll win. Uh, He's Jeff Nadeau, big
2: man on basketball. The pod is currently at number six on the Apple podcast list. So uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, get there, subscribe, rate it. And if you're a college basketball nut, Like Jeff and I are, this is great information for the season, which starts tomorrow night, baby. And Jeff is, of course, uh, kind enough to join us here. Check out Barstool Sports, all of his stuff on uh, the college basketball season and the big man on basketball pod tomorrow at 11 a.m. Jeff, I'm looking forward to episode number two. Thanks, pal. Thanks, Mike. Always appreciate you. Yeah, man. He, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. I know you're betting Maine. I can't wait for that Maine game.
1: Nice hockey school. Good program. You ever been um, to the university up there? Uh, No. University of Vermont, but not University no, of Maine. No, Maine. no Maine? Black Bears. The Black Bears. No, You've been I, up there? I've never
2: been to the state of Maine.
1: I went to a Vermont-Maine game in Vermont. That's why I had to think for a second, but it was at
2: UVM. I could sit and talk college hoops with Jeff for... Ever.
1: I think it's really interesting, though, how much he breaks down some of those minor schools that nobody would ever really discuss. And and to, like, a legit degree, but the one, up center. I mean, it's crazy. The, the problem for most people is, college basketball
2: fan, you're a fan of North Carolina, Duke, UCLA. He's more interested in Arkansas, Little Rock. I Eric. like that, though. It adds a whole nother level to, to college basketball. I would sit and watch. I love watching, like, those West Coast Conference St. Mary games and that little tiny shoebox. Good St. Mary's always I'd rather a good watch one. that than Texas A&M and Arkansas. Yeah, I can see that. Sports Best brought to you by your Delaware Valley Acura Dealers for great deals on Acura's award-winning lineup. Shop online at DelValAcuraDealers.com. All right, we got a lot to do. we got the poll question we're going to update. All right? We'll also dive into... You know, we got a short week. We got a busy show. John Clayton. Tomorrow LoFo Tutupo, to former Seahawk linebacker, will be on the program as well. Eagles Seahawks. How ugly is this thing gonna be? Sports Batch 973 ESPN and why sports in 2020 stinks.
0: Thursday, it's a special Thanksgiving triple header. Hi, this is Westwood One Scott Graham. First, the Detroit Lions host the Houston Texans. Then the Washington football team and Dallas Cowboys try to stay alive inside the divisional race. Finally, the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Baltimore Ravens. If it's the NFL, it's on Westwood One. It's a Thanksgiving Day NFL triple header on 97.3.
2: ESPN FM all right we got uh, anytime hotline calls we still want to play that we want to react to from the game on Sunday the organization as a whole but I want to get a thought on sports in 2020
1: and where we kind of sit okay I'm before we get to those calls yeah I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that first though this is the season for giving and to celebrate the start of the most joyous time of the year DraftKings is giving all players the opportunity to cash in on a no-brainer DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to double your money if either Baltimore or Pittsburgh scores a touchdown in Thursday night's game. On top of that, they're offering all new players a deposit bonus up to $1,000. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey-only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So a guy who works here, giant fan.
2: Comes in complaining he doesn't want the Giants to win the division. Wants a draft pick. Guy who works here, Cowboys fan. Comes in complaining he doesn't want the Cowboys to win the division. Wants a draft pick. Do you see what's wrong with sports now? We've all gotten to the point where if you can't win the Super Bowl or the NBA championship or anything, we want a draft pick. So that why? We can complain
1: that the GM messed the draft pick up. I think it's situational, though. See, if you're the Cowboys and Dak Prescott isn't playing, right, Do you? I think it's okay to at least ask the question. What's more important? Fixing that defense? Let's say you get the third, fourth pick in the draft. Trade down, be able to get more draft picks, fix that defense. Now, if Dak's playing, I think it's a different story. It's like how I feel with Carson. Carson. I wanted Carson to experience this playoff game so much. Now that I question if this is even the guy, I feel like I lost a little bit of excitement of making sure we win that division. I don't know. I mean, I do think it, it depends on each team's situation. But this
2: is where the analytics and infer- all this information has killed what made sports sports great that you were a fan and you followed the team and that if you made the playoffs and won a game, that there was some level of, hey, we accomplished something. That is now out the window. It's funny, in this society that we live in where everybody wins a freaking trophy, getting to the playoffs and winning a playoff game is viewed as, eh, I'd rather have been 4-12 and 12 and got a draft pick. I'd rather be 4-12 and 12 and get a draft pick than being 10-6. and six winning a playoff game and then getting bounced in the second you round. You really
1: think people feel that way? Yeah. Really? Yes. If you're 10 and 6 and you win a playoff game, y- that is something You didn't that, win the Super Bowl? No, but that's that's ridiculous. But uh, there's a difference though than being let's say 6 and 10 winning the division, having a playoff game, your your franchise is all up you're in six this and like 10 it, and you
2: win the division yeah. and you win a playoff game.
1: But I I don't think that I I would understand why you would value the draft pick over that specific scenario because your team is clearly very flawed. Ten and six, though, in a playoff why win. Why are
2: you flawed, though? Were you flawed because you're a bad roster? Were you flawed because you had a lot of injuries? Were you flawed for, I don't know. I mean, the let's say the Eagles somehow, okay, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just saying hypothetically. Hypothetically. They just ripped off three wins in the next group of games, meaning they would have beaten Seattle, Green Bay, the Saints, Arizona. (laughs) Sign me up. Right? Let's just say they win three out of those four games, plus they beat Dallas, and that would get them seven wins. They're seven and nine. They win the division, seven whatever and one. Sure. They would have won the division by
1: beating those teams along the way. Yes, I would take that over the high draft pick because that would tell me, I mean, even if it's Hurts in there, let's say that would tell me that you got some momentum. You got yourself playing better football. You're beating great teams and you're getting a playoff game. Yeah, I would take that scenario. No doubt about it. But if you're, if you're this, let's say you're this, this is the way we feel about the Eagles and you win the division and the last week you win the game to win the division, but it felt like the way it's felt to this point. I can see why maybe not winning the division is okay with you as well. We
2: all understand the reason why getting the better draft choice theoretically means you're getting a better player, right? You have a chance to get a better player. Right. You have a, like, you know, if I'm drafting fifth, there's only four teams that can take a guy, which means I have the options of all these other players. I totally get this part of it, but the whole point I'm saying is that we have now come to the point where if we can't get to this spot where we want to be, we'd rather just be the worst. There is
1: there is. Look, a, a portion of people that probably do feel that look, way.
2: Look, I signed up for the Sixers and the process, and I'm on board. Basketball's different. Basketball's different. It, well, it's different because there's only so many guys in the draft that can really make an impact. In football, like the guy's saying, okay, he's a Giant fan. Oh, I want a high draft pick. What are you taking with that high draft pick? Are you drafting another quarterback cuz you just took Daniel Jones. Are you taking another quarterback? Probably not. You just took a running back. You're not taking another running back. You got two pretty good receivers out there. All right. So, trade well, trade down? Okay, you can trade down and get more assets and all that stuff. But or you can just be in that spot in the draft anyway, get into the playoffs, and who knows, maybe you win a game or two yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, but playoff.
1: here's the difference with the Giants, right? They're not trying to lose. They're not going out there doing well, a Well, I know process. they're so, not, but I'm so saying just you got play. a giant fan saying, I don't
2: he's saying the other day they won the game against the Eagles. I don't uh, against Eagles. I don't want them to win that game.
1: Prefer that they lost the game against the Eagles. But see, I this is where I think it depends on the situation. The Giants have no chance in hell at doing anything. Right? So like 10 and 6 playoff win but Different vibe. My point,
2: is that we've gotten to this point that I perceive that my team doesn't really have a chance well, what, of doing anything.
1: But they can't, though. We like, don't know
2: that. Well,
1: percentages, well, if you want to play the percentages. Sure. what if Patrick Mahomes got hurt? Is that what I'm banking on no, as a I'm franchise? Just, well,
2: but I'm just saying, the whole point is, no, you're not. But my point that I'm making is, we've put in our heads... What our team can and can't do so that we prefer the lesser of our expectations. But we for the want, better of the team long term. We don't long-term. want the ceiling of our expectations to be exceeded. We are willing to select the
1: floor and go lower. Yeah, because though, long term, you're going to hit that ceiling. In theory, you, not necessarily. but you have you have a, that's how you build teams. You get a good draft picks. You build that way. So in theory, you're losing now because for the better of your franchise, you have a window down the road. Only it's in, very Sixers only, related. The more and
2: more I think about it, right? But only in theory, the right? Bengals but that's the best have been you The have. worst team for my whole life. Not helping them out. The Browns have been the worst team my whole life. Well, they're poorly ran
1: organizations. Right.
2: So why then do we hope that our team stinks? It's situational. Again, it goes back to... We want our team to stink so that they can mess up another draft no, pick not and that th- we can complain. The Giants have been
1: bad for how many straight years? They've had a tough go at it, for sure. Five. Sure. So the They've Gi- also won two Super Bowls. Yeah, in a previous, recently. In a previous yeah. So if you have the right administration, I'm you're good. I'm not saying
2: that it's wrong. My point is we choose the lesser instead of saying, I don't know that we're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't know that I'm going to hit the draft choice. But I'd rather take what's behind door number two than the possibility of my team playing
1: well and getting hot, you see what I'm saying? It just depends on the situation, though. Like if you're 10 and six, and someone saying, "I'd rather not be 10 and six because we can't win a Super Bowl," then I'm with you. That is a horrendous philosophy. If you're the NFC East this year, I can comprehend maybe wanting to go down that road. But if if someone says you're 10 and six, you lose a you win a playoff game, and you lose in the second round, let's say, and that's a failure, well, I, I'll disagree with that. That is not a failure. You get that hype, you get that playoff game. Let's say you host a playoff game, that's fine. You don't. Have have to win the Super Bowl. But this season in the NFC East, I could see why this year in this situation, like I just think it depends on each team where they're at and things of that nature. Right. I get all of that. But my point is sports
2: are supposed to be this outlet that you root it for your team every year in that hopes that they could do the best that they could. And now it has become, well, I don't want to do I don't want to be just okay, so I'd rather be the worst. But that's what the Sixers did. I though. understand that, and I'm and I'm saying it's sad that that's what sports has become, that sports fans have now almost universally accepted being
1: crappy. I think it's always been that way, though. No, it never. Sure. No, like, you're life, telling me in the, like in the 90s, in the 2000s, when the bad teams were bad, they weren't thinking like, man, I want to get that draft pick. Sure, they were. I mean, not I'll, like this. I just think it's intensified with everything because social media. This, the Sixers come out tanking. I think it just intensifies no. because of media conversation. But in general, everyone who had a bad team growing up would think, you know, would it be better? It, would was it be beneficial never like this. I just to think where it's intensified. it was so wide,
2: widely accepted to just wanna lose. I would prefer losing has never been accepted to the extent that it is now. Sure, social media plays a fact, but I'm saying I think as more information, we have more info, we have more insight, we have more analytics, we have more stats, we have more of this. We have such an inside or open look to how organizations are run. When we were growing up, we never blamed the owner or the GM but now we blame the owner and the GM. Yeah, but I think it's fair too. I don't think it's wrong I'm to. I'm not saying that it's not fair or wrong. I'm just saying because we have so much more insight and information, it has lessened our zest of being a fan to now we have so much information and so much where the innocence of being a fan was root for your team to win. And if they made the playoffs and won a game, oh, next year. Now it's. We're not satisfied by anything because we as fans think we know just as much as everybody, and it has really taken away what being a fan was all about because now it's, well, I don't want to win the game. I want to lose the game because I want to lose because I want to get a dreaded draft pick. And then what do you do? Howie Roseman stinks. He can't draft. Well, you were the guy rooting for them to lose so they can get a draft pick. It's like there's never a satisfying moment unless –
1: you win the whole damn thing, which is pretty unlikely most seasons. But see, this is where I disagree because in the early 2000s, you had all these runs, and guess what? People wanted Andy Reid fired. People wanted Donovan McNabb gone because they couldn't win the Super Bowl. This has been how, this is always how it's been. It's just now intensified due to media outlets, social media. Like I feel this is how it's always been. It's just in your face more because of the way that we have adapted as society. There's never
2: a time. That someone preferred that the Eagles lost over winning. Well,
1: because they were never really, they were involved in playoffs and they had a good run with Andy Reid. They did have that success. They just couldn't win the Super Bowl. There hasn't been many moments where they were the Jets. This is the first time in a long time. You said to yourself, you can't remember a team this bad. That's because we're never really in this scenario. So we're not accustomed to hearing it as much because the Eagles are never really in this spot to this degree where it's, wow, they can't play. I'm just saying across all sports and all fans, you have a Giant fan who's
2: saying, I don't want to win, I'd rather lose. You have a Cowboys fan who's saying, I don't want to win the division, I'd rather lose. I but mean, you wouldn't Cowboys- hear them
1: say that if they were on track to be 9-7. and seven. Even 9-7, and seven, I'm not even saying that's good, but I'm just saying 9-7, and seven, you wouldn't hear that. I mean, the Cowboys are in a
2: spot now where if they had Dak Prescott, they probably would be running away with this division. It probably wouldn't even be a question. You're going to hit Dak Prescott a back next year. If you win this division, you play a playoff game, I, I get it. The best alternative for these teams is to lose. That's the sad part about sports now, though, is
1: that losing is the better alternative. And I don't know how to fix that. Well, I mean, it's... T- whether people discussed it or not earlier, as you said that it wasn't as much of a conversation, it was always the best way or the the, the best thing for teams. Sure. It's always well, of course, because the worst team gets the best
2: draft pick. So it's always been philosophically the best way to go. But I don't think you would so ever should there be a saw change up? Organ- I've always said yeah, I, know. I don't think that you should reward the bad teams for getting the picks. I think it's the team that just misses the playoffs.
1: They should get the first yeah, but then what if one team just gets stuck forever? Forever. Then you're there's no way out. The
2: Browns are stuck forever and they're not, the worst
1: team all the time. They're not stuck forever. I mean, you're starting well, to see them get out of it. Now you're saying that they've been bad for how long? You're right, a long period okay. of time. But so they're there, what's the difference of them being the Browns? That they're just stuck there for a long well, time. Well, because they did get high draft picks and they they missed missed, missed but their opportunities were there and they're eventually starting to build something. They got the right head coach. They, I mean, got they, the right they people haven't made the mind. playoffs since two thousand and two. Yes. I understand that. Uh, they're not a great, so, r- a, they're not a great ran I don't know why we
2: feel bad for this team that might get stuck there for 20 years until they hit on the right player. I mean, Justin Herbert wasn't the first pick in the draft. That team could have Herbert at number whatever. You can always find a way, but you shouldn't be rewarded is the point for losing.
1: I just find that really hard for you to say when you're a big Sixers tank guy. And so I, am I.
2: always said, so am I. I was a fan of the process, but I hate the process. You hate that it's allowed to yeah, be a thing. I said, I don't like what they did, but I was supportive of it because that's the rules. I hated The fact that you have to accept losing. I did it because I understood it was the best way for them to get out from where they were. That doesn't mean I liked it. I hate that that's the rule, and I hate it in all sports when I hear three teams sitting in the room here of fans,
1: Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants, and not one of them wants to win the division. But that's because it's this division this year. If you had this conversation in the last 15 years, it wouldn't be the same way. Last year, if you asked the the Eagles fans and the Cowboys fans, they both would say, I want the division. I want the division, right? Last year, if we had the same conversation It would be different. I just feel based off of the presence of the NFC East, it's why it's where it's at today. Like that's why you had the conversation today,
2: right? But I think again, I feel like more teams, if they knew in their mind, let's take the NFC East. Yeah, yeah, nine and nine and seven, one playoff. That's what I'm saying. Most teams, if they knew in their mind, Tennessee, Indianapolis. Um, I mean. Tampa's in a weird spot because they have a quarterback that's only there for one reason. Um, you know, if you are... Minnesota?
1: I don't know, I'm just spitballing.
2: Yeah, things. I mean, just a team that in your mind, you don't really think you can win the Super Bowl. I think if they said, what's the alternative? Not winning the Super Bowl or getting a high draft choice. I think most people now would elect... That's my point, is instead of saying, I'd rather take my chances and the ceiling... My ceiling is I think we can win a playoff game. Maybe we blast through that ceiling. Or the floor is we get a high draft choice. We might miss on that pick, but I'm more willing to take my chances and miss on the draft pick than I am to getting in the playoffs and maybe getting hot and winning. I think more people are more apt to say I'd rather the draft choice and it's a 50-50 proposition whether I hit on that draft pick or not. Oh, well. Well, what's to say it's not 50-50 that you win the two playoff games and get to the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, see, I I don't think it's as obnoxious as you say it is. If the team is a proper team, Tennessee, I don't think there's going to be many Tennessee fans that say, I'd rather have a draft pick than be in the playoffs. Miami. I, I I, I think Miami fans would absolutely take... I actually, I have a family member who's a Dolphins fan. Should I be sending a text message and see what he says? If I tell you right now, you can be in the playoffs, you can get a high draft pick. What would you like to choose? Should we see the response? Sure. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I I think that's a team where a lot of people would say more than I I think you're overselling
2: it. Chicago's a no, they're five and five. No, well, Chicago needs a quarterback, so they probably want the draft pick.
1: Right, but that makes sense, though. because but they have
2: a really good defense. What's to say that that defense couldn't win them two games? Because it can't. You got Nick Foles. He's won a Super Bowl. What's to say the defense
1: can't win them two games and Nick Foles just plays Nick Foles Well, then th- this is where do you value this one year over... Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl in the past is definitely a reasonable conversation to have, but this is more the long-term thing. Quarterback position is, is different. If you have the quarterback, I do think it changes the conversation. Not having the quarterback it's a little bit of a problem. Teams that need quarterbacks, I can understand
2: saying we need to find a quarterback somehow. Getting one in the upper echelon of the draft. If you're a team that already has a quarterback, then... Being in the higher part of the draft, I'm not saying it's not better, but there are tons of instances where a guy drafted at 17 is better than the guy drafted at 10.
1: Yeah, I just feel like if you're throwing Titans, if you're throwing the the, the um, Minnesota Vikings, if you're throwing these teams that actually can win football games and like they're they're not just this absolute dumpster fire, and you say they're 9 and 7, you say they're 10 and 6. By the way, we got a text message back, making the playoffs. So that's from a Dolphins fan. Pick ain't gonna be that high anyway. But he would rather make the playoffs than the draft pick. And I just say like these. Yeah, they're in t- a
2: bad example because he's in a spot now where the draft choice is out of range now out of well, range what of-
1: if any of these teams for the most part is playoffs or not in this conversation like if you're a maybe a playoff team maybe not and that's the difference in getting in what would you rather well, do like, would you
2: rather be nine and seven make the playoffs or seven and nine and not get in
1: nine and seven and make the playoffs it's not even a question
2: okay not even a question now the dolphins are six and four right now would he rather go ten and six and get in or six and ten
1: and then if you're six and ten now your draft choice is probably, in... The- but if you're in that nine and seven, ten and six area, you're you, you you compete in this league at a high enough level where a playoff game is justifiable. I you're so pitching the I, crier here. No, I'll take- I know. I just I don't know if it's as obnoxious as you may think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the one wrong here. Maybe I'm giving people too much credit. But I'd, I'd be shocked if there were that amount of people out there that would say we're nine and seven, we're ten and six. I'd rather get the draft pick. Maybe I am delusional here.
2: I know a lot of people who just don't value playing playoff games for note like, reason. what do I care about making the playoffs and getting knocked out in the wild card?
1: There's I'd so rather much have the mind. draft choice.
2: People and the problem is I look through drafts and say, You want it to be bad so you can get Hassan Reddick? You want it to be bad so you could take John Ross.
1: Sure, but to counter I that, there's plenty. a whole season so that I could land that's if John you, that's Ross. That's if you miss, though, and you have an opportunity to not miss, just to play the other side. I know, but that's my point,
2: is that it's a 50-50 proposition. You might get lucky and hit on Christian McCaffrey
1: at pick eight. Well, I don't think it's luck. I think if you have people up top that are smart and have a good track Even record. Even the
2: great teams and great GMs make mistakes. Sure, but so they also hit
1: a lot. They do, but a lot is fifty. I don't think 50 is a lot. We would have to do the research on first round picks for you to say 50. First round picks 50. We had the debate about the second round being 50. First round 50. I think it's about 50. I'd be shocked if the first round was 50 I mean, you look at the draft just, just
2: what year is it? Yeah, but you can't. 2017, like you're going through and it's like, okay, John Ross can't play. He was tr- pick nine. Uh, pick five was Corey Davis. Was it worth being the fifth pick in the draft to get court? He's but, a nice but player, but there's a
1: difference between like that was Leonard the Titans Fournette. just being bad, you know, like that. That's not them like going out of their way to be bad. That's just them naturally being bad. I think that I, there's I get a difference. It, there's in, a, I want to tank is that, for this, and we are just bad because we're naturally just yeah, but in my this point position. Is
2: whether you choose the tank or you're just bad, these are the guys that you have to ch- select from. Yeah, and a lot of guys in this draft, if you took them. They're not helping you. Like, Leonard Fournette was the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, but now that was shocking
1: s- at the time that we were like, oh, I don't know about him at that point. You All know right, what Mitchell I
2: mean? Trubisky was number two. Yeah, they made a mistake. But, but your point is there's a good possibility that if, you are wasting a season to say, I don't want to make the playoffs. For the alternative,
1: which is I might miss in the draft. Yeah, but this is where it's different. If you have a front office that hits more times than not, you can't relate that to an organization who fails a lot in the draft because you have a higher percentage of hitting than what these What do you think a good stick.
2: organization hits on? But me.
1: that's why I said we have, we what do you have think? to dive into I'm it. asking you, what do you think a good organization's
2: draft draft
1: Percentage success in first round. A good organization, if you give them five years, they're getting four players in the first round. That will help your. So they're hitting on eighty-five percent. If a good organization in the first round is getting four players that help the football team. to five what, years. To what extent, I, I mean, that's where the conversation comes into play. I'm not saying they're all all pro, insane, number one guys at their position in the league.
2: Well, that's where we had the disconnect.
1: Okay. Yeah, if you hit on four out of five first-round picks. Three out of five? What do you think? It's one out of five for these good? The reason why I these organizations the teams, are good is because they hit on their draft
2: picks and I they think, don't pay them a I lot think of money. I are I think that's our what we think. I don't think it's out. All right,
1: I'd, I'd be shocked. Three, I say three to five, three out of the five, four out of the five is where I'm you're standing. You're going to it. the Hall
2: of Fame if you're doing that. All right, back to the Sports Pass live on 97.3 ESPN. Coming up in the next hour. Now, we didn't get to play some of these anytime hotlines. We just had a good conversation. I'm interested in people's thoughts. 609 403 0973. up on the text board you can chime in as always uh coming up we're gonna talk to rob monty for a little football at four he's got an interesting piece regarding the eagles and their problems and he basically breaks it down like this what we're talking about the draft quarterback the coach and he says the eagles troubles can't be pinned on just the coach or the quarterback So what are the underlining problems that this organization is having? Is it Howie Roseman? Is it Jeffrey Lurie that doesn't get enough blame? We're going to kind of take an overview of where the problems of this team started, how they can be fixed. Good conversation with Rob Motte from the Associated Press. He's going to join us long time on the Eagles beat for Football at Four coming up next here on the Sports Pass Live on 97.3. ESPN. It's brought to you by GMS Law. Make the right call. Four convenient locations to serve you. Online. GMSLaw.com Back with football at four next.